ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the Roots album, Things Fall Apart, 20 years later. And I got the homie Matt B coming through to kick it with me. So sit back, relax, and actually, you can listen to Quest Love. Hey, what's up? This is Quest Love of the Roots, and you'll check it out. It's like the first time we played with Stevie Wonder and the first time that, you know, we played with Prince and the first time that we met all of our rhyming heroes, like from Kane to, you know, to Wu-Tang Clan to, you know, first time we met Tupac to, I mean, there's, there's just, there's so many, it's, it's, it's literally a career, not even a career, but a life full of highs that you really can't approximate which high was better than the other high so you know I always tell people it's kind of like asking me what's your favorite breath you ever took welcome back as I mentioned in the intro we are talking about things fall apart the roots album hard to believe that this album is turning 20 years old and um got a special guest in the building uh the homie Matt B Matt what's up man I'm I'm chilling, bro. I'm excited for this one. Probably even more than the other one because it's not an argument this time, and we can just talk about the album. So it'll be a little bit, you know, no doubt, no a little doubt. bit easier. If you follow the podcast, you know that Matt came through uh, on a podcast that we did last year. Uh, the joint was AT Aliens versus Equimini, uh, both albums from Outcast. So if you haven't heard a chance, if you haven't had a chance to hear that podcast after you listen to this one go back and check that one out you know I, me and matt go back and forth and we both make a case for you know two incredible and phenomenal albums from outcast uh but on this joint we're talking about the roots uh things fall apart man this album again hard to believe that it, it is turning 20 years old this album was released uh february 23rd 1999 it was their fourth studio album uh from the legendary roots crew uh, that was a great day for hip hop because man. M put out his debut album too. Like you get two classics in the same day. There you go, Slim Shady LP. Um, yeah. So let's start right there, man. What What was your introduction to the Roots? You remember like the first? Because you know, I, I know you were you're younger than <laughs> you're a little younger than me, <laughs> so I don't know where you were yeah. in 1999. But what was your was this album your first introduction, or what was your first introduction to to the Roots? Um, this, okay, so randomly one night I was asleep and I had a dream that Andre 3000 and Black Thought were rap battling. I'm a, I'm a nerd, okay? Like, that that's what happened. And I wake up and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I've never heard of Black Thought verse before. How is this happening? You know? So then, like, I go on YouTube and I was watching the cypher that they did for BET. It was Mo Steph, mm. 
Black Thought and M. And I walked away thinking, like, Black Thought had the best verse in that cypher. M and Most killed it, too. But, like, if I'm being honest, Black Thought had the best verse. So then I was just like, all right, well, I've heard Things Fall Apart is their best album. It's not People Illadelphia's. But, you know, that's another discussion for another right, day. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, with that being said, this was their my first introduction, as I think it would be for a lot of people. I'm going to be honest. I got into the roots way later than I did um, Outcast. I got into the roots when I was about 17 going on 18. Okay. So this was like 2011, 2012-ish, you know. So I was just about to graduate from high school, and after I heard that album, that's probably the only group I listened to for like the next three or four weeks. Wow, wow. It was the soundtrack to my graduation of high school. Um, and I just remember like listening to it and all the features – and then, like, hearing the most deaf feature, eventually that made me go listen to Black on Both Sides. Mm. Classic album. Mm. I don't care what you say, Kyle. That's oh, a no, classic no, no, album. No, 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 it's no. It's a phenomenal album. You know, um, and I'm going to tell you what. To this day, the next movement makes me want to throw chairs and it makes me get <laughs> hype as hell. Like, the scratches on that shit are fucking nasty. Um, let's see. Ain't Say Nothing New. That was dope. Um, we'll, we'll get into the tracks a little later, but I just wanted to get your your. your oh, my bad. No, my no, bad. no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, so yeah, okay. So you, so that was your introduction to around 2011 graduation. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, I heard Illadelph at the same time, okay, by the way, but okay, I listened okay. to this one first. Really? Okay. Okay. So they yeah. were already they had already they were already deep into their discography by the time you had discovered them. So you actually went oh, yeah. back and. Um, so Things Fall Apart was the album that you started with, or was it Illadelph Half-Life, or was it Do You Want More? I listened to Things Fall Apart and Illadelph the same day, but okay. I listened to Things Fall Apart first. Okay. And I'll tell you this, I got into the roots so late that Undone was already out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you said 2011, I was trying to figure out in my head, like, okay, so what album it, was it out was, then? Okay, gotcha. It was 2012, now that I think about yeah. it. Okay, so yeah, Undone, that was the concept album. Yeah, that was a dope material. Love, love that shit. Yeah, it's really dark, but a dope album nonetheless. Um, my introduction to the Roots, man, uh, was interesting because I had—I don't think I'd even heard of them. Um, and I mentioned this on uh, on another podcast. Um, we were—I was in—I was in Augusta with my cousin. My cousin, shout out to my cousin Benji. Um, his sister was getting married. Um, and so okay. we were hanging out and I was in my car and he was like, he saw that I had a tape deck. So he put this tape in and he's like, yo man, let's put on the roots. And I was like, what the hell is the roots? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I had never heard of them before. And, um, this was, uh, this was 96. I want to say 96. Yeah, I think it's like 96. Um, and so he puts in Illadelph Half-Life and the first song that came on was Clones. And mm. I was like, yo, who is this? Mm. He was like, this is the Roots. He was like, you ain't heard of the Roots? He was like, you you, you in school and you never heard it because I was in college at the time. He was like, you never heard of it? I was like, no, nah, I never heard of these dudes. I don't know who the hell they, who, who the hell they are, where they're from. And so uh, Illadelph Half-Life had just come out and so we were bumping that and so what I did was I caught the dub and then I, I got a dub from him that weekend, and then by the time I got back to school, I purchased the, uh, the I think I bought, yeah, I bought the CD, 
and then 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 I realized that that wasn't their first CD. You know, um, I didn't even know about organics, but when I went to the record store, I saw things not things fall apart. I saw um, Do You Want More, which was their second album, and so I bought that too. So I bought Illadelph Half Life first, and then I came back like a couple of days later and bought Do You Want More, and uh, been a fan ever since, man. Been a fan ever since, and uh, been rocking with those dudes for so long. So I'm a huge fan of their discography and 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 you know just what they what they represent. Um, so now when you talk about things fall apart, this particular album that we're talking about here, um, what were your initial thoughts when you heard it? Because to me, what I, and I'll get into it when I talk about it, but this, the, it's, it's so much to talk about with this album, but what were your initial thoughts? The, you know, the first couple of listens and you said you listened to it for a couple of weeks. What was your initial reactions when, you know, when you heard this album? Um, well, obviously, I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one thing that stuck out to me, though. Of all the cussing that's on this album, I noticed that they censor out the word bitch. Um, and I noticed that they do that on a lot of their albums. Web 2020 on How I Got Over. They did it on Clones. Um, it was just something I noticed. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Um, you know, because most rappers wouldn't do that. You know, if you got all sorts of F-bombs and all that in there, typically that's not a word you'd really care too much about. But it just made me think like, man, they really respect women. I, I respect this. Um, you know, another thing I noticed was even though they had a lot of live instrumentation, they did a good job of still making it sound raw you know, like dirty. Like if you listen to uh uh Step Into the Realm, that mm. shit sounds like something that was made under a bridge in the grimiest section of Philly. You know, like it just sounds dirty. It sounds like if you're just walking the street in the middle of the night, you know, and it it sounds like that. Um I wanna say that this album you know what? No. B by Common was my introduction to Jay Dilla, so I'm going to take that back. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. What else did I think about it? Um, Adrenaline was one that stuck out to me. Um, that was, And then I actually found out that Beanie Siegel wasn't supposed to be on it. Big Pun was. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, yes. Um, Big Pun was supposed to be on Adrenaline because, as we all know, Black Thought was on Super Lyrical, so they were supposed to trade off, but mm-hmm. Big Pun couldn't record his verse. And we'll, we'll get into that. Um, you know, the listening to this album, it was my first introduction to something like You Got Me, and I was like, wow. You know, like, they really... I feel like this was their first album of really heavy experimentation, with their um with their sound because Illadelph I I actually still haven't listened to Organics yet just because I've heard it's their one of their weaker albums not saying it's bad it's I don't think they've put it's out It's a really good album. Organics? Yes. It is. Okay, yeah. I need to listen it's to that. It's not as it's not as great as the other albums but it's a very good album. It's a good listen. Okay. All right. Yeah, I need to listen to that. But anyway, like I feel like this was the first album where they were really doing all sorts of different things like um if i had to put it bluntly i feel like this album is kind of like their at aliens and equimini 
Um, not in terms of quality, you know, because like me, me and Kyle both agree that Illadelph Half Life is their best album. Um, we've talked about that before. That's my favorite. That's Kyle's favorite. I'm absolutely sure that that's Beezy's favorite. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I just I loved how experimental it was. I mean, obviously, it's not like a Stankonia, you know, or something like that. But I loved how different it was compared to other Philly rap because a lot of other Philly rap is very street oriented. It's very hard hitting and aggressive and kind of violent. Whereas this album doesn't really have a lot of that, you know, like it's, it's a lot more, if it is violent, it's a lot more subtle in its approach. If that makes sense. Um, I noticed that this album, we just talked about undone being pretty dark. This album was pretty dark for its time period, given what they had done before. It wasn't as grimy as Illadelph, but like, I don't think there's anything as dark sounding production wise as a uh, step into the realm or, um, you know, you got me actually had kind of a dark vibe to it, you know, with like the, the strings and, you know, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I got from it. Um, it's a, it's a phenomenal album. It's one of very few that I, you know, Kyle likes to give the mic, rating i would give this a 10 out of 10 um i think it's phenomenal and even though i like illadelph more i will say that this album follows it up very well and if somebody said that it was their favorite i wouldn't be mad at them oh no question no question i think uh for me um i I can't i was coming off the the um man i I was coming off the high of illadelph half-life which if you follow me and you've listened to these podcasts, you know that Illadelph Half-Life is my favorite Roots album. Um, and it's one of my favorite, it's just one of my favorite hip hop albums, period. Uh, it's an album that I listen to weekly <laughs> without fail. I listen to it weekly. Um, but this, I have a question about that for you. What's up? Um, is this better than Illmatic to you? Because I notice that these are two albums that you often like, you know, mention Another when you talk about your top to 10. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can't compare the two because like they resonate for me in different manners. Um, Illmatic was uh, in, in another one that came out when I was in college. It has a, a sentimental value and it also just where it stands in hip hop history. Um, and Illadelph half, I mean, I've heard people make the case that, you know, Illmatic is the, you know, one of the greatest hip hop albums ever. Uh, nobody would say that about Illadelph Half-Life. I don't even think the Roots would say that about Illadelph Half-Life. But as far as my personal favorites, it's definitely my top 10 of my personal, not the best albums, not the best hip hop albums, but, you know, one of my personal favorites. And again, one that I listen to on a weekly basis. Um I think one of the things that stood out to me initially were, was the sound, the the, the uh. way that it sounded sonically. And I found out later on um, down the road here, uh, many years later from listening to Quest Love, uh, he said he explained like the recording process. And I, I'm as a fan of hip hop, I'm always interested to see and listen as to how some of these albums, some of the, especially some of these groundbreaking albums that we love so near and dear and we hold so you know close to our hearts, how these albums were made. And for those of you not familiar, 
this album was recorded right around the same time. Well, it was recorded in New York City at Electric Lady Studios, right? And if you're familiar with Jimi Hendrix, that's Jimi Hendrix Studio. That's where he recorded most of his incredible albums and songs. Uh, so it already has that vibe at Electric Lady. But at the same time that this album was being recorded, Questlove was also working on Voodoo for D'Angelo, right? And he was also working on Mama's Gun for Erica Badu. Didn't he work on Like Water for Chocolate as yeah, well? That was my next one. You took the words right out of my mouth. And he was working on Like Water for Chocolate uh, for, for Common. Now, keep in mind, all of those albums, with the exception of Things Fall Apart, came out in 2000. So he's literally, and he said basically, like, he might do eight hours for The Roots and then go, you know, put in another four or five hours for Erica Badu and then go do another six or seven hours for D'Angelo. And it was just round the clock. And all of these albums were being recorded in subsequent rooms in Electric Lady Studios. So the sound is so phenomenal. So for me as fans, not just of this album, but when you listen to voodoo, when you listen to mama's gun, when you listen to light water for chocolate, they have a certain feel, a certain vibe. Uh, you know, those, you can make the case that voodoo and mama's gun help usher in the quote unquote, neo soul movement. And this roots album, things fall apart is hip is strictly hip hop. But it also has a neo soul feel to it as well when you hear songs like You Got Me, right? So when he said that, it was almost like there was a, to me, there was a question to me phonically as to why Things Fall Apart sounded the way that it did. And when I heard him say that, and then I kind of coupled it with these other albums, it made sense. You understand where I'm coming from? So yeah. I was just like, yo, okay, now it makes sense why this album phonically sounds the way that it does. But um, the albums are all kind of related. They, they are. They are. And they're intertwined. They don't sound the same, but they're intertwined as far as the vibe and the 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 melodies and everything else like that. So I can imagine just them recording and the recording processes and how they went about doing it. But I thought that was dope. Um, but when I initially heard it, man, it was just... I was blown away because I didn't know I didn't know if they could you know duplicate Illadelph Half-Life Illadelph Half-Life came out in 96 Things Fall Apart as I mentioned comes out in 99 you know so they toured for, for a couple of years and then started recording this album and I mean it, it was just it was incredible My, I, I was blown away when I first heard it it, it just again when you couple that with these other albums, you kind of get an idea as to how they got that feel, but it still sounds like a roots album to me. Um, and so definitely got to shout out the soul Aquarians crew for, you know, how they all contributed and, and collaborated with this, uh, with this album, because, you know, we'll, we'll, and we'll, when we break down the tracks, we'll talk about some of the guest features, but that's how some of these people, you know, made it onto this album. Um, let's get into the tracks a little bit. Um, favorite tracks what are your what are some of your favorite tracks on things fall apart okay so i got kind of shit on for naming all the tracks i'm not so, i'm not gonna tell you how many tracks to name but uh you know you, you can't name the whole track <laughs> the whole album <laughs> yeah yeah i apologize to the good people that listen to this podcast because i was just like you know what i can't leave anything out so 
you know. But anyways, um, okay. The, well, obviously the next movement that would be one. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this no more than five, if that's okay. That's good. Um, so yeah, one would, and this is in no particular order of favorite to, you know, least favorite or anything like that. I'm just giving you my favorites. So the next movement, um, let's see. I like dynamite a lot. Mm. Um, that, that's one of Jay Dilla's best beats to me. Um, I'm trying so hard to keep this narrowed down to five. Um, Ain't saying nothing new, and I want to make something very clear. And Kyle might cue the crickets for me, like he did when I said <laughs> I like Migos. Um, I like Dice Raw more than Malik B. I'm not saying he's better, but I prefer his sound. Okay, so you, you take Dice Raw um, over Malik B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. Okay. Um, I feel like you know, right before Malik B left the group, his bars weren't what they were prior but that could also be because of you know i've heard he was addicted to drugs so yeah, yeah. you know he, you never he's, know he's, he's struggled with and they they really haven't gotten i don't think they really got really too deep into it but because if i'm not mistaken things fall apart is the last album that we see malik be on um but i think you know, even if you go back and you look at some of the old footage and stuff like that and tours and stuff like that, they toured and Malik B wasn't there. And, you know, I think uh, and Black Thought addressed it on um, phrenology. Yeah, on phrenology. So, yeah, he he's I, and it's a good question, Matt, because I, I would I would love to know what Malik B is up to now if he's still struggling with substance abuse. But it, it was definitely an issue for him back then. And, you know, uh you know, I hope he's overcome what it is, whatever it is that you know he was dealing with. But I, I thought he was, a, I thought he was a dope MC. Oh yeah, I do too. I am not taking anything away from Malik B. I'm just saying I prefer Dice Raw. Oh no question. Okay, gotcha. That's fair. Um, enough. Go ahead. So let's see. I got the next movement. Dynamite ain't saying nothing new. Now Kyle knows how much of a most deaf fan I am to the point where I list. I'm not saying it's better, Kyle, but I do like Black on both sides more than Ready to Die. It's just my preference. That's what I'm rolling with. Okay. So I gotta. So I gotta say Double Trouble. And fun fact: Talib Kweli was supposed to be on that song with Black Thought and Most Deaf. Um. So that leaves me with choosing between Adrenaline and You Got Me for the last one. Uh, I'm trying to flip a coin in my head. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with You Got Me because it just sounds so different for a radio single. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like anything else that was on the radio at that time. It's just so, like, orchestrated beautifully and, you know... Um, in both both versions of that song, whether you want the one with Erica Badu or the one with Jill Scott, I don't give a damn. Both are amazing. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the fifth. Okay, okay, okay. It, great job at keeping it at five. <laughs> that was difficult, bro. You're asking a lot. That was difficult, um, but I respect it. I, I, I think for me, uh, it, it's it's hard, man, because it's like you said, you you have so many favorites. Um, uh, the next movement, obviously, for me, um, the next movement is so, like you said, you you want to just just run through a wall. Like when the beat comes, <laughs> <down>. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> you just want to bust your shit wide open. Um, <laughs> I probably say, That's funny. Uh, damn, double trouble definitely, and um, ain't saying nothing new. I, I'll, I'll just go with three. Um, those are those are some 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 cold ass tracks. Uh, like you said, you got me. Um, there's actually a story, you know, because you got me does not. Um, you know, it wasn't a, it, it was obviously a, a single, but right. Quest Love tells a story about how, you know, that single actually came to be. And it's actually pretty interesting how they actually got yeah. into radio. Um, yeah, originally it was supposed to be Jill Scott, but the label thought that it would be better if they had Erica Badu because she had more recognition at the right. time, whereas Jill Scott was like still kind of up and coming. Right. I mean, she hadn't had a single. I don't think Jill had a single out of the time. Yeah. And I then, have heard though that, and I'm sorry to cut no, you off. I have I have heard that when they perform it live, a lot of times they do it with Jill Scott over Erica Badu. Listen, so that's interesting. Listen, if you want to be blessed, if you want your ears to be blessed, let Jill Scott sing that. <laughs> I've heard, yeah. and I mean it's on the 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 roots. Was it Roots Come Alive uh, live version? Um, Jill kills it. She kills it. There, Any, there, anytime she there is she a does studio it live, version. It. Yes, there is a studio, studio version, version and a live version. Yeah. Anytime Jill get, and, and that's no knock on Erica because I think Erica's phenomenal um, and she does a great job too as well. And then I mean, obviously, then you have Eve who you know was on the another person who hadn't had a record deal who was on the song but didn't make the video. Um, but yeah, Quest tells a, a pretty good story as to how that how that made it to radio. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Erica Badu and Jill Scott, by the way, I want to mm-hmm. say this, right? Um, I think Erica Badu is a little bit more artsy with her albums, but Jill Scott, that voice. I love both of you know, them, man. I love both of them. I do, too. Yeah, I, I do, I, too. But if they <laughs> they could they could make an album just singing the ABCs and I'd buy it. <laughs> no lie. That would be the sexiest ABCs no album ever. No lie. Um now, conversely, are there any tracks that you didn't like? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> or any, like or any maybe maybe answer. any misplaced tracks? Um. Okay, so I'll be honest. At first, I don't think this now, but at first, I thought the hidden track was placed a little bit weirdly, and the way it finished the album was a little bit odd. Act four. Yeah. Okay. But now. If I had the opportunity to give more than five, that one would have been mentioned. Okay. okay. So I don't think that anymore. Now I think that everything is perfectly placed. Um, Listen, as much as I love the Slim Shady LP, I am very surprised that this album did not win Best Rap Album at the Grammys, but both are classics, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, But yeah, like, I don't really think there's anything misplaced. Like, I'm really trying to think, like, you know... Um, yeah, I, I, um, you know what? Table of contents. Sometimes I feel like the next movement should, should have started the album instead of that. But I, either way, it, it's, it doesn't bother me or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Um, that's the closest thing to me saying that there's something wrong with it. And at the end of the day, that's just nitpicking if I had to, you know, but I don't think there's a single song on this album that I don't like. 
Yeah, not same a single here, one. Same here. As, as much as I try. Wait, to go, wait, wait, wait. Was without a doubt, without a doubt, is my least favorite. Now that I think about it, but it's still dope. Without a doubt, I think is a song. Um, I think it's a good song. If if I, you know what? Let me let me let me stop. I love all of the songs. It's the least of least one of the ones that I love. I'll put it like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like love, it's still I, I love all of the songs. I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you take that off and dynamite can you imagine how dope it would be if dynamite went right into ain't saying nothing new? That that would have been killer. It would have been a killer. Um, yeah, like Yeah. It, then there'd it, be no nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. I mean and, and it's it's like it really to be at this point it's really like splitting hairs if I say okay that's the one blemish it's not a wax song I mean you can yeah. put it on it probably makes just about every album that they've made if you had to you know take it off of things fall apart so I, I so you, you get no you get no beef for me um, yeah. yeah I would I, say the one other issue I have by the way mm-hmm. it's not really an issue I kind of wish that act two or if they had done a song, I like common. I think Ken said this in a common review that they did. You have the Martin Luther King common and you have the Malcolm X common. And I prefer the Malcolm X common, which is what we got on universe at war. Um, I love common in general, but I definitely like it more when he's aggressive. And I kind of wish that the collab with common would have been a little bit more along the lines of universe at war. Act two is a great song, but that's just a personal slight that I have against it is that it's a little bit too happy when the rest of the album is a lot more aggressive. Well, Sorry I, about that. I, think, I just no, had to no, get no, that no, out. No, that's, that's fine. I, I think really the the reason behind that is because act two is um, it's a reprise of I Used to Love Her. So, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so I think it, it kind of. He kind of stays in that pocket. I think that's the only reason why. And and again, I mean, if you have, if that's your only issue, that's fine. Um, I think that's the only reason why it's why he's not as aggressive because, you know, he's laid back on. I used to love her, so it wouldn't make any sense if this is a reprise of that song for him to, you know, come out with the, <laughs> for him to come out guns a blazing, you know. Uh, on he that. was a little bit. He was a little bit more energetic on. I used to love her, in my opinion, though. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, but I'm not no. saying anything bad about Act Two. I think it's a beautifully yeah. done song. Oh, I'm just saying, when I hear Black Thought in Common, I want that um, too many rappers acting like hoes. You know, like I right. want that shit. Right, I right, want right. like I want the by any means necessary Common more so than the Peace, Love, and Unity Common. Even though both have the same message, so that kind of didn't make any sense what I just said. But you get the point. <laughs> like I. I, I just, you know, I, I, I like Common more when he's on that, you know, fuck you, I'm black, and being black is awesome. Right. You know, like, right, that's right, that's right. what I want from Common. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, this is a perfect time to take a quick break. Uh, so we'll take a break, and after the break, we'll hear from Quest Love. Uh, he'll tell you about how this, how some of these collaborations came uh, on the album and then on the other side Matt and I will break down the track listing and I'm going to pick Matt's brain I'm going to try to find out where he ranks this album in the Roots discography so sit tight 
We'll be back in just a sec. A lot of the first Root shows were uh, jam sessions. But the idea of the jam sessions that we have now was pretty spectacular because people that are, who are established now were inside of my house. Imagine coming to a house in which, you know, Jill Scott is the girl that works at retail at a, at a, at a, at a gap like downtown or something. And she wants to come by and sing. Like, the... The main attraction was that I had free food in my house. I had a five-star chef come and make all this free food. So once word spread, like, oh, I can get a grub at Quest House. And then, oh, and there's instruments and microphones. So Jill Scott, before she got a deal, was always in there. Bilal, Music Soul Child, before they were Floetry. Marsha was always there. This group, uh, Kindred Husband-Wife Team, they brought by India Irie. Most Def, Kwali, before they got signed. Beanie, Freeway. A lot of those cats, like the, the whole Things Fall Apart record, Eve, all those people that were on that record, they were unsigned in the beginning. They were just constantly, for two years, come and, and hone their skills. And that was the woodshed at, in my living room doing those jam sessions. And you are all. But we only come to see our own, own man. Listen, if we had to bend upon black people to eat, we would starve to death. Everybody, I mean, you've been out there, you know, you're on the bandstand, you look out to the audience, what do you see? You see Japanese, you see, you see West German, you see, you see you know, Slavophobic, anything. But it's except our people, man, it makes no sense. It incenses me that our own people don't realize our own heritage, our own culture. This is our music. That's bullshit. Why? It's all bullshit. Everything, everything you just said is bullshit. That's right. The people don't come because you grandiose motherfuckers don't play shit that they like. If you played the shit that they like, then the people would come. Simple as that. Inevitably, hip-hop records are treated as though they are disposable. They're not maximized as product even. You know, not to mention as art. And just like that, we are back. Once again, it's your boy 12 Kyle, the 12 Kyle podcast. And we're talking about Things Fall Apart, the legendary <laughs> album from The Roots. I got my man Matt B. in the building, and uh, we're breaking it down. So let's, uh, we, we, I, I told you before the break uh, that we were going to talk about the tracks. So we'll go through the tracks one by one. Um, now, the album starts off with Act One, Things Fall Apart. Uh, it's an interlude, uh, and if you're familiar with your, for you movie buffs, uh, it was from Mo Better Blues. Uh, you have a dialogue between um, Wesley Snipes and Denzel Washington. Uh, I love, I, th- I think this is a great way, and it also kind of sends a subtle message. Uh, you know, Denzel is kind of complaining about the fact that nobody's coming to see them play. And Wesley Snipes says, the people don't come because you grandiose motherfuckers don't play the shit they like. <laughs> <laughs> if you play the shit that they yeah. like, People would come. Simple as that. And yeah. that was a kind of subtle note because I think at the time the roots were, you know, well known well known in hip hop, but again, they weren't a, they weren't an entity that was just selling, you know, records out the door, but they also stuck to their their game plan as far as playing the kind of music that they wanted to play. So it was kind of like a, a juxtapose between that and, you know, for lack of a better term, selling themselves out because of record sales. Um, so I, I love the way that that started off. Um, then the second track we get into is Table of Contents Part 1 and 2. Uh, mm. What did you think Can about that? Can I say that? something oh, about yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. 
Well, first of all, before we get to that, there was one thing I wanted to say about Act 1. Um, when he was just like, everything you just said is bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> yes. Bro, every time I hear that, I kind of just like smile to myself like, okay, this is going to be crazy. Um, but anyways, yeah, table of contents. So I'm about to be very honest with you, Kyle. What's that? Um, I went on a binge of this album. Um, well, before I went on my Royce the 5'9 binge the past few days, I kind of went back to this album as a refresher before we did this podcast because mm-hmm. you never know. You might miss something. No matter how much you listen to it, there's always something where you're like, fuck, I forgot to talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like Malik B's part of that song better than Black Thoughts. Mm. Really? Okay. Okay. I just felt like he was a little bit more angry that beat with the way it's kind of like hopping, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I I just thought it was a little bit more like, it's the R to the double O to the T-S and like, bruh, when he came in with that and the beat changed, every time that happens, I just about lose my my, my mind. It's crazy. Yeah, Malik, Malik shine on that one. Uh, I, I love both the way that he and Black Thought are going back and forth. Um, oh yeah, the way that the the way that it comes in, you know, it kind of comes in a little distorted, and then it kind of the crescendo of the music. Um, Bruh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Dope you want to change? Hell. You want to change? You want to? You want to have two completely different sounding beats in the same song? Mm-hmm. Shit, that's the way to do it. Yep, yep, totally, totally. Uh, and then the next track is the next movement. Yes, uh, Jazzy DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Jazzy Fat Nasties. Um, oh God! Man. There was a video for this. If I'm not mistaken, this this I think this was the lead single. I can't remember, um, but it was definitely a single. Man, yeah, like I said, you you guys heard us. I mean, both of, this is a favorite for both of us. Um, it's my favorite song on the album. Man, let me tell you something. I uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, New Year's Eve, my wife and I went to see the Roots here here in Atlanta at the Roxy. And I'd never seen a Roots concert before. And um man, when I'm, they came, I'm jealous. When they came, bruh, when they came out, they this was the first song that they played. People went bananas. I mean like yeah. it, it it was incredible. I mean like you would have thought and and I mean most, you know, people don't necessarily leave with an older song or whatever like that, but they, they started off with the the Black Thoughts that they played some of the Black Thoughts songs, but when they got into the root set and they came with this, people went crazy, man. It, it's, it, this is one of their, this is one of the, this is a staple, I think, on the album. Um, yeah. And our boy, uh, BZ, BZ430, uh, shout out to B from uh, Dead End Sports and Dead End Hip Hop. He was with us, and uh, man, we went crazy. We went. Crazy. I would have loved to see. I would have loved to see B's reaction. Man, we went, when that we, song came on. We had a good time the whole night, man. So I, I I'm late to the party as far as going to Roots concerts. Yeah, uh, I, I still haven't been to one yet. I need to. Let fix me tell that. you something, man. That was one of the best concerts that I've ever been to. I will definitely go see the Roots again. I don't care. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that they show they have like one of the best live shows in hip hop. Period. Yes. You know, so, I would put their live show up against most people that that are out touring, and obviously they don't tour as much because you know they're a house band for the for the Jimmy Fallon show. But um, how dope is that shit, by the way? It's crazy. I mean, like you would have never, one would have never guessed that they would 
have evolved into being the house band for Jimmy Fallon. Um, but Fallon is, 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 uh, you know, was a huge fan. And then, you know, seeing them on a night to night basis, you get to see their talents and their personalities and, and a lot of stuff that we didn't see, you know, because they were on tour for so much, uh, you know, before they, you know, before they got on Fallon, they might have, you know, 300 tours. They might tour 300 days out of the year. You know, that's just how yeah. they toured. And um, the great thing about them being on Fallon, like, I suggest that anybody that hasn't seen this, go watch Black Thought and Questlove on the Fallon show helping David Blaine out with his magic tricks. <laughs> I get, it is some of the most hilarious... Questlove's facial expressions when fucking David Blaine pulls a live fish out of his stomach... Bro, it is the most hilarious facial expression I think I've ever seen somebody make. Like, the way that they show their humor on that show, whereas you may not have seen that otherwise, given that they weren't on TV. You know, it's just an example of their range. You know, so. No doubt. No doubt. So after the next movement comes, step into the realm. Um, Man, another banger. Another banger. Well, yeah, like, like I like I said, this one too. I think it's a little short, but because it's only like it's a little less than three minutes, but I still love it anyway. Yeah, I mean that. Listen, bro, if if the, that shit is so dark and just gritty, I wish I would have named that as one of my five, but we've already passed that, so it is what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, and I can't say who outshined who on that because both of them killed it. Like it was basically a draw. Yeah. Um, that beat is Jesus Christ, man. Like that beat is sinister. Yeah. It's, it's, and I don't even want to say it's soulful. Like it, I remember when I did my stint in rehab, right? There was me and one of the guys there, we were talking about big L and how like all of his beats sounded like they were made under a bridge in New York city and listen step into the realm sounds like it was made next to just a completely gutted out house in philly like in the middle of the night with the street lights flickering like that's (laughs) that's what it sounds like it just sounds i i love that shit i know that was all over the place what i just said but i love that (laughs) shit you're good uh, yeah, man, I loved it too. I think, uh, like you said, the beat was just so sinister. I, I love the, the way that they go back and forth. Um, I mean, they, what I found in listening to this album, um, I said, I listen to Illadelphia Half-Life weekly. I'll still go back to this album. And this is one of the beauties of the roots. I think when you go back, you hear something different. And I'm sure, like you said, leading up to this podcast you wanted to listen to it a little more i'm sure you heard something different that you didn't hear before you know you're like damn how did i hear this and this has been you know the thousandth time i've heard this album and i think that's one of the beauties and of the type of music that they do um and let's see the next track after step into the realm was the spark um mm-hmm. now i'll say this i think malik b had the better verse i thought the spark was a solo track for malik b wasn't it yeah it was so i when what i'm what i'm saying that he had the better verse is that like this was one of the better verses i think malik b's had period 
you know, he on this one, he's not battling Black Thought, but I think he this was one of my favorite Malik B verses, man. I, I just I loved it. I loved it. Um, that leads me to a question I have for you, up? then. Do you think that the spark is better than Black Thought's solo ra- um, track on this? No. But okay. I think it's but, but it's but it's right there though. It's right there, and yeah. I, I think it's natural for us to compare, you know, Black Thought and Malik B. Um, but I think Black Thought had been rapping a little longer than Malik B. And and again, we don't know because he was in and out of the group, you know, as far as participating on albums. We don't know how good he is or how good he could have been. You know what I'm saying? Because it's you know because he's not there every day to hone his skills. So was it was it BZ that said in the um I keep cutting you off dude I apologize no, um, no, you're good. was it BZ that said that a lot of people think that Malik B was outshining Black Thought on Do You Want More I think it was uh he may have said that he may have I think he may have said that on the podcast that we did on Illadelf Half Life um I don't share that same sentiment but I think Malik B was just so. He was just so cold, man. And I think people, I think they, they have a good vibe together. Right. And I think they do. And I think that, you know, when you think about, like I heard Quest Love talking about the fact that they perform so much that like a lot of times he said that was, that was one of the reasons why, you know, Black Thought freestyles as well as he did, because a lot of times they go, they would go into concerts and stuff like that. Just, it might start off with just him drumming and then the keyboards come yeah. in and the bass comes in and then Tariq yeah. just starts freestyling. And so he said, that's there, why he freestyled so well. Yeah. There was a roots picnic that they did. And I just recently saw this video online because black thought was, uh, um, and it's a shame Kyle missed it because I would have loved to have heard him talk about it, but he was recapping like the 20 year anniversary of, Bla- of uh, capital punishment. Right. Okay. And, he was talking about how him and Fat Joe reenacted um, Twins, Deep Cover Joint. Mm. Um, and Black Thought was on stage in the place of pun, but completely re-rapping the verses. So, like, he was freestyling brand new verses. So instead of the dead in the middle of Little Italy, he's like, we're in the middle of Philadelphia, na 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 And I'm just like, woo <laughs> Like, that was... Like, Fat Joe was looking at him like, damn, maybe I should freestyle. Nah, no, I'm just going to do my normal verses. I'm good. You know, like, Fat Joe did not want those problems. You know, he was just going to go in there and spit the verses that he originally did. But, yeah, if y'all haven't seen that, go look that up. Just type in um, just type in Twins, Black Thought, Fat Joe. It'll pop right up. But, yeah, when you brought up the freestyling, I had to bring that up because I feel like if Black Thought really wanted to, he could be a battle rapper. Oh, he could be on URL. He could be on URL battling <laughs> fucking Tay Rock. You know, he could be battling Tay Rock or Hollow the Dawn or you know, I don't know any of these people you're naming. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the your fans. Might. I know. I know it's, they're battle it, rappers. Um, yeah. So the next track after that uh, was the aforementioned uh, Dynamite, produced by the late great Jay Dilla. Uh, what do you think about mm. Dynamite, man? I. Uh, that shit is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, the interesting thing to me about Jay Dilla is, you know, you know how you were kind of talking about who's the guy you were talking about again? Um, that was in Electric Lady, helping record eight hours. I, uh, my mind's love. a little fu- 
yeah, Questlove. Dude, Jay Dilla was just as responsible for all those albums as yeah. Questlove was. Yeah. Maybe not they were all, quite. They were all the, he's a part of the Soulquarians crew, the Soulquarians uh, clique. And I'm going to talk about Common when we get to that. But um, Jay Dilla, like, bro, I, I, to this day, I still can't choose what my favorite production is. The stuff that he did with The Roots, the stuff that he did with Common, or the stuff that he did on Fantastic Volume 2. I can't I can't it's, decide. It's like, like, it's like asking somebody to choose their favorite child. <laughs> I'd probably say like Water for Chocolate, just because I don't think the MCs in Slum Village at the time were as dope as Common. Right. You know, Elzai wasn't in the group yet. Right. But uh, shit, dude, Jay, Jay Dilla was on fire at this point like he was on fire bro like he it seemed like every album from like a raucous rapper he had some kind of hand in like live instrumentation or something like that it may just it may be me i could be wrong but it seemed like when it came to like because we both know most and quality were like the two biggest acts to come from the raucous movement and Jay, Jay Dilla, the way that he was just involved with all that, to me, was fucking bananas, man. Like, people look at Jay Dilla as a beat maker. He's so much more than that. You know, he is the, def- he is the definition of a producer in the same way that Dr. Dre is, in the same way that Primo is, in the sense that he's not just going to help you with one or two tracks. He's going to contribute to damn near your whole album. He didn't with this one, with Things Fall Apart, but, like, when you listen to Like Water for Chocolate, I mean, it's clear as day that J.D. was had all sorts of fingers in that album. So, yeah, but anyways, Dynamite's crazy. Um... The way that Black Thought is rapping with, um, wasn't Dice Raw on that song? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, no, Dice Raw wasn't on it. Okay. There was some other rapper that wasn't Malik B that was on that song, and I forgot his name. But the way him and Black are going, I think this is the most energetic Black Thought sounds on the whole album, aside from Double Trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I it's just... It. I loved it, man. I loved it. This is, you know, um... It's really not much I can say about it. It's like you said, Jay Dilla's production. Um, Black Thought just he he came he came through, man. I mean, it, it's when you hear the songs like this for me, it just reminds me of why he's as as heralded a MC as he is. Um, it, it was one of those album, one of those songs. Excuse me, that you know I I just even back then, you never got tired of playing. You know what I'm saying? Like you just kept playing yeah. over and over and over again. Even even beyond Black Thought, bro, that guitar riff and the beat, mm-hmm. like that that was nasty. And it and like the little record like clicking that you hear in there, mm-hmm. like like the, the way they made he made it sound like a dirty ass like record, that's, just like sitting in a box, like Dilla, man. <laughs> yeah, like that's the beauty of JD. JD. Yeah, amazing. Um, then the next track they aforementioned, without a doubt, with Lady B. Uh, like you said, it was a good track. You know, good track. Not uh, you know, not either of our favorites, but a very good track. Not not a skip. <laughs> yeah, no. I think um, let's put it this way: for those that heard the Outcast podcast, I think I don't think this is like a mamacita. You know what I mean? No, this is this is it, still it, a, a solid, solid track. Um, yeah. Then the next track after that, ain't saying nothing new with Dice Raw. Um, oh my god <laughs> Bruh Yeah 
they performed this one as well at the concert that we saw. I, I have a question for you, Kyle, because there's something I don't know about this song. How come when he said, I just backslapped that ass like Shaq, they censored out ass? That confuses the shit out of me. It, it's, nope. not, it's not on my version. It's not bleeped out. Oh, okay. And Maybe it's said, just me. I just backslapped that ass like Shaq and Ostertag. Ostertag yeah. was a, a, a center for the... Um, what do you play for at the time? I, I want to say the Utah Jazz. And, you know, for as big as Shaq is and big as he was in the NBA, you know, Shaq didn't, you know, people kind of beat up on him as far as like fouling him and stuff like that. He never really retaliated. But I think this was one particular night, like he and Ostertag were going at it and Shaq just had enough. He just turned around and just slapped him. <laughs> it was crazy. Maybe, and maybe I, and it I was don't censored. think the refs even saw it either. I think the cameras caught it, but I don't think the refs saw it. If maybe it was censored it. on later copies just so they wouldn't, Could be. you know. Who knows? Could be. Who knows? Could be. But yeah, that's where the line came from. Um but yeah, it wasn't that part wasn't it wasn't censored out on my copy. Um but yeah, um Dice Raw he holds yeah. his own. <laughs> The way I'm telling you, bro, I like Dice Raw more than Malik B, and that's a prime example. Man, listen, that 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 song, man, just the whole vibe of the song is is a dope ass track. Uh, then we go to the next track, uh, Double Trouble, featuring Most Def. What you got on that one? Favorite collab on the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, at this time, and I am going to talk about this a little bit about Common too, but like I said, we'll get to that. What most def and like I said, Talib Kweli was supposed to be featured on the song, but apparently it, somehow it didn't fit, so they just decided to do Black Thought and Most Def. Um, but you want to talk yes. about yeah, you want to talk about Black Thought not really being outshined or anybody being on par with him? Now I'm not going to say Most Def outshined Black Thought just because I don't think he did, but. Boy, he was he was on Black Thought's ass on that song. Like his verses were murderous. Mm-hmm. Like they should both be arrested for first degree assault <laughs> after that song. Assault like, on the track. <laughs> yeah, like the, you, you should not be allowed to massacre a beat like that. Like there should be some type of rules or regulations, but. I mean, to be on the Black Star album, right? Then to do Black on Both Sides. And then to, and then to well, Black on Both Sides came out later in 99, I think. But for him to do all that, kill every verse, and then to do this and keep up with Black Thought, like, most Def was damn near untouchable at that time. You know? Like, he, I, I could go on and on about how much I love Most Def, but this song is a prime example of back-and-forth competitive rap that hip-hop needs back, man. It needs it back. Like, Double Trouble set, in my opinion, not, not in general, but around that time, that set a standard lyrically of how you're supposed to go back and forth. You know, you had Outkast with Andre and Big Boy. You had, um... Bad Meets Evil, Eminem and Royce, they put out a single going of three songs going back, or no, two going back and forth in a Royce solo. But this shit, bro, this shit was fucking bananas. Like, 
I'm starting to question the next movement being my favorite track now that we're talking about this one. <laughs> like, it... Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I'm not trying to give you the long Mike C-Town description, <laughs> no, no. but... No, I get it. I get know. it. It's... Uh, it, it's man, it... That song goes, man. It, it's it goes so hard, and even to this day, like when you listen, you can just feel the energy and the vibe from, you know, most and uh, and Black Thought. Um, and when I hear this, it kind of reminds me, like you, you mentioned a little earlier, Raucous. It reminds me of those days when when the cast was just young and hungry MCs. And you know, the thing that I like about most and Black Thought for that matter, is that they still rhyme with that same passion and, 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 and you know, drive and stamina in their words. Yeah. Think, um, Black think Thought wasn't a raucous rapper, but No, he shit, wasn't raucous, rap- but what I'm saying is he, he, rapped he raps like, like one. Yeah, yeah. He, he just, you know, I really love that, and that's one of the reasons why I, I love playing that track, man. It, is, it never gets old to me. And it really, to me, it really gives like a vibe of 88 you know like because in 88 you wouldn't you wouldn't have someone else rhyme on your track if they weren't dope so -hmm. then here comes exactly not only do they have to be dope but you can't let them out rhyme you know what i'm saying so you got to bring your best and they got to bring their best so it's almost like you're battling on the same track and that's the kind of vibe that i got on this on this song man so it, it for me, I love hearing it because when yeah. I hear it, I hear I hear two MCs who were influenced by MCs from '88. So yeah, that so so that's why it means as much as it does to me. Yeah. Um, let's see. There was one more thing I wanted to say. Um, I would put this track up against the What with Biggie and Meth. I would put this track up against um, Brooklyn's Finest with Big and J. Like, it's up there. You know, like, to me, I mean, how many times have we heard Black Thought rhyme with an MC? And it's like, you know what? It's it's like a boxing match. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, most is like, bro, I'm going to outshine you on your own record. And Black Thought's just rhyming back at him like, no, you're not. Right. You know, like, that's exactly what it is to me. I, I love it, bro. I could talk about that song all oh, day. Yeah, yeah you dope, know what? You know what? Double Trouble is my favorite. Now that I'm talking <laughs> about it. Now, the next song is uh, Act Two. We mentioned a little earlier. The Love of My Life featuring Common. Um, psh, another banger, man. Another banger. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, is a reprise of I Used to Love Her. Um, psh, man, just the way it comes in is so smooth, man. And it's like, I love even if you take it outside of its realm, like one of the first times I saw, I saw this song taken outside of its realm was in the, uh, the opening scene of Brown sugar, the movie. And it's so dope because this is playing in the background. And what they did was if you saw the movie, they had all of these different MCs from big daddy Kane to black thought to, uh, Russell Sim, all these hip hop people, talking about their first introduction of hip-hop method man jermaine dupree all of these people and i thought that was so dope to include that because it if you're familiar with the movie it's, it talks about the love of hip-hop and then also the love this man or these two friends have for each other it's a romantic comedy but i think seeing that song outside of its realm 
being in that movie was so dope to me. So like when I see, when I hear this song, I automatically think of Brown Sugar, the movie. Right. What about you? What what what, what do you think about the song? Um. Let's see. You could still hear me, right? I turned my ringer off just yeah. so there wouldn't be. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. What did I think about Act Two? Like I said, I love the song. Okay, it's amazing. And once again, back to the raucous moment. Common was on a lot of those records. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on Internal Affairs with Pharaoh Monch, mm-hmm. held his own. He was on um, uh, what's that song? Fuck, why can't I think of it? Off of um, Respiration. He was on Respiration off the Black Star album, which is like my favorite song on that album. Held his own. And then he's with Black Thought for the second time. And once again, he holds his own. Um, it, it it's, it's not back and forth like him and most, but, you know, the way that they were able to make a second version of I Used to Love Her, I thought it was brilliant, you know. Like I said, I still prefer Common more when he's aggressive, but... I can't take anything away from this song. I love Common regardless, but no I do doubt. have my preferences. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and then the next track, uh, Adrenaline with uh, Dice Raw and Beanie Siegel, who makes his debut. Wait, 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 wait. You skipped over 100% I'm sorry. Dundee. Oh, yeah, yeah, damn. How did I forget? 100% Dundee. I got it written down right here. 100% Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about that one? Um... Shit, the way it opened off with on the 73 keys of ivory and ebony i swear solemnly that i will ever forever rock steadily like people want to know malik he right next to me listen i can rap you the whole song if you want kyle no, i'm not going to rap, but rap. i can't <laughs> <laughs> um yeah another back and forth moment of just ferocious rhyming no doubt you know? yeah man I, Everything I can say about Double Trouble, I can say. I, I mean, I prefer Double Trouble because it's Black Thought and Moose, and I'll take that over Black Thought and Malik B. Just my preference, but you know, 100% Dundee is another perfect example of how a back and forth rap song competitively should be. Do you know who the unsung hero is on uh, 100% Dundee? Uh, Razel. Kamal. <laughs> okay. Kamal. Kamal on the keyboard. Those keys are crazy. I mean, Black, yeah, they Thoughts, are. Black Thoughts verse accentuates the keys, but the way that Kamal is killing those keys, particularly when the way the song comes on, he's the unsung hero. I mean, he he won't get you know the credit because obviously he's not rhyming and he's just playing. But bruh, Kamal, the way and those it. keys, those keys sounded like weird too. You mm. know, like in a good way. In a good way. I'm not. You know. Like the where 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 like how the fuck are you doing that? Yeah, he killed it. He killed like I said. Yeah, like, unsung, and I, I maintain this even when I heard it back then to this day. He's the unsung hero on that that particular song. Um, then the next song is a interlude. Uh, D Dre versus Dice. That's Dice Raw. Um, that was cool. A little interlude, you know, going back and forth. Um, Dice Raw killed that shit. Yeah, I love Dice Raw. Love Dice Raw. Um, then we got Adrenaline, the aforementioned Adrenaline, Dice Raw, and Beanie Siegel. As I mentioned, the debut of Rockefeller's Beanie Siegel, who, I, to be honest, I had never heard of before. 
and I remember. I thought he was. I thought he was on Hard Knock Life Volume Two on Respiration Dogs. He he was on Reservoir Dogs, but if I'm not mistaken, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, this came out before Reservoir Dogs. So, Reservoir Dogs was '98 though, because Hard Knock Life came out. Not yeah, yeah, that was definitely '98. Okay, you're, right, you're right. You're right. This was the first time that like. To me, I know I know I'd heard him before, but this is the first time like he really, really stood out to me because I think I, I you know what I think it is? I heard this song before the album came out. I heard this song on a mixtape. So for me, this song was on a mixtape and I can't, I can't remember if it was a clue tape or whatever, but I heard it before Hard Knock Life came out. Right. So this was for me, this was the first time that I heard Benny Siegel. So I didn't yeah. know who he was. And then so like when I heard him on Hard Knock Life, I'm like, okay, that's the dude from the Roots joint. Like that. But man, listen. That was crazy. <laughs> Adrenaline. Man. Now do you want to talk about the unsung hero of that Scott motherfucking Storch? Yes. Yes. Who was, like, who was in the roots at the time? Scott Storch. Yeah. Those keys, bro. And then you got Rozel. Beatboxing beat at the beginning, <laughs> man. What? Man, let me tell you something, man. And that was another thing about the oh, roots that we didn't fuck. even get into. But I mean, like some of the some of the uh, some of the members. I mean, everybody knows, you know, Black Thought. They know Malik B and Quest Love. But you know, guys like at the time Leonard Hubbard on the bass, um, Kamal was on the keys, and then Scott Storch, who was in the group. I want to say for like two or three years. Um, Scott Storch is crazy on, on keyboard, man. He is crazy. Yeah. And for those that don't know who Scott Storch is, if you live under a rock, he did a lot of the key, like the piano work on Dr. Dre's 2001, too. Yep, yep. So, just figured I should slide that in there so well, people I mean, can give know, him his credit. Most most hip-hop heads, they know who Scott Storch is. But, you, but you're right, though. You're right. And he, like you said, unsung hero. Definitely unsung hero on that. Um, love Now, that let me... Let right. me ask you this. When you found out that Pun was supposed to be on there instead of Beanie Siegel, did it kind of take a little bit away from Beanie Siegel's verse for you? Uh, no, because remember, like I said, I heard this verse before I knew who Beanie was. And so I did not find out that Pun was supposed to be on that verse until probably about a year ago. Yeah, same. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I think it was, I want to say I was listening to, um, it was either an interview with Black Thought or it was Quest Love Supreme, uh, Quest Love's podcast, uh, which I listen to weekly. Um, it might have been on our podcast where Quest mentioned that, you know, Pun was supposed to be on there, but Pun and Black Thought were huge fans of each other. And that's how yeah. Black Thought ended up on Pun's album. And this was supposed to be a return verse for Pun. And, you know, he, he didn't. They make both. It. They both share the fact that Cool G Rap is like their favorite rapper. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, you know, and that, Black that kind does of like... a great Cool G Rap impersonation. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. Let me say this, so though. It, Beanie so Siegel. didn't take anything away from it, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I want to add on to that. I agree with you, but I just wanted to get your take on that because I'm pretty sure we can both admit that Pun is a better rapper than Beanie. Um,. But with that being said, Beanie's aggression, like, you never really heard them, like, work with, like, a street, I'm in this shit rapper, you know, like, and that's what Beanie was at the time, he was fresh off the block, bro, like, he had that sound to him, like, he sounded fresh off, like, you know, 
he sounded fresh off the streets and that's what i loved about it like you know that's what made me love 50 when he first came out that's what made me love freeway with that gruff voice he has like beanie siegel if if the roots aren't what represents the hood in philly they were able to get a taste of that on this track with beanie and i think that's what made it dope you know, him and Scott. I don't even think they had to be like from the streets. I get what you're saying, but I don't think they had to be like from the streets. They just they had a, a the roots always had like a little edge, and putting beans on the track, like you said, made it even more edgier, more grimier. So I, I, I right. feel where you're like, coming from. I mean, I feel, and it didn't. It's not to take any street cred away from the roots. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like they show off a little bit more of that edge when they have a rapper that yes. is fresh out of that life like Beanie Siegel. You know, like, I feel like Adrenaline is the clones of this album. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. No doubt. You know? No doubt. And then after Adrenaline, we got Third Act's Quest versus Scratch 2 Electric Boogaloo, which was another interlude. It was really, really dope. Um, and then we got the Smash, man. You got me, Erica featuring Erica Badu and Eve. That uh, song is so goddamn dope. It is, man. It, it's 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 a cold ass song, man. And, and I think you know nobody thought that this song would necessarily propel this album to be as successful as it was. And I think to date, this is the most commercially sold album that the Roots have had. I think this is uh, yeah. it's been going platinum a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, the only Grammy they've ever gotten. Was yeah, really got which me. is a damn shame, really. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they were going up against Eminem's debut, and it's very hard to win an award against a Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. probably the most popular Dr. Dre-backed artist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult, and Kyle sounds pissed as I'm saying that, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, two classic albums at the end of the day, but this one's better. <laughs> This one's better than Slip Shady LP. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. Eve does her thing. Um, like I said, if you haven't had a chance to hear Jill Scott sing this live, uh, you can pull it up on YouTube. It is incredible. Uh, her and, and, and again, there's no knock on Erica because Erica can sing it live too. In fact, I, there's a clip. I can't remember where it was they were performing where Erica and Jill sing it together. Oh my God. Son, it's so dope. It is so dope. I'm telling you. Check I'm that out. I'm not going to lie though. I feel like Jill Scott may have the better voice for a song I like think you got for, me. For, for that song, yes, she does. She does. And it's really, I stopped short of trying to compare the two because I think they're in two different lanes, but it is so dope, man. I, th- I think they, you know, obviously they knocked it out of the park with that one. Um, and then the next song, which is the final song on the album, uh, "Don't See Us" featuring Dice Raw. Uh, I like this beat, man. I like I like, and I. It's rare that I start talking about a song, and the first thing that I mention is the beat. But I love this beat. This beat has me like bopping, and Dice Raw coming in, so dope, so so dope. Yeah, I agree. It, it's not one of my favorites on the album, but I love it still, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I don't remember as much about that song for whatever reason as I do the rest of it. Um, like, Without a Doubt and Don't See Us are, like, really the only two that I don't remember a lot of bars from. 
Um, oh, I remember this. <laughs> but that's not that's not to, to hey, well, you know what? Remember the ET conversation. That that's kind of my moment for this. Like this isn't one of my favorite mm-hmm. songs on the album, but I'm not taking anything away from it. Oh, it's no dope. Doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, and then so the the album ends uh, with the return of innocence, re- the return to innocence, loss. Featuring uh, Ursula Rucker, which is a spoken word where Ursula Rucker tells uh, the tale about her brother uh, and his violent murder. Um, that shit was deep. Yeah, man. Yeah. Didn't she speak at the end of Illadelph too? Um, no, that was, uh, do you want more? I thought that she spoke at the end of Illadelph. I'm pretty sure. Not I, on a spoke, not on a spoken word. There, there was the one track. On, the Adventures in Wonderland. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. after, that was after one shine. I, you said the end. I thought you meant like the last song. No, um, no, 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 no. Yeah. So Ursula Rucker's back with the roots and she she crushes it she crushes it i mean like it, it this is a song that you'd have to excuse me an interlude spoken word interlude that you just have to hear and i think it closes out the album perfectly and then we have the uh, the aforementioned act four which is an unlisted untitled track act four the end um but yeah man it, it that sums it up it's a phenomenal album uh, I mentioned before we went to break uh, that I was going to get you to tell me uh, where do you think this album ranks uh, in the Roots discography? Can I give you my top five of their albums? I just, I just, you don't have to get a top five. I just need you to tell me where it's ranked. But you can give me a top right, five. Cool. I don't have a five. I just, I'm going to tell you where I think it, it falls. Um, five is phrenology. Four is how I got over. Three is undone. Two is things fall apart, so two and one is Illadelph, obviously. Okay, okay. So two for me, but if somebody said it's their favorite, like I said, it's on par to me with Illadelph, so I'm not I'm not gonna like be like, Oh, how dare you right, you right. know, like <laughs> right. you know. Right. Yeah. It's I not like comparing it's not like comparing Nostradamus to Illmatic, you know, like, you know, fucking. That'll start a fight. <laughs> like, I remember in that video, Mike said Nostradamus was the first Nas album he ever listened to. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, can't, 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 that cannot be. That cannot be. Um, I agree with you, you man. You don't know I, I think, what you speak. I think uh, I would probably put How I Got Over a very close second um, but yeah, things fall apart comes in second for me. Um, I'm sorry, close third. Uh, things fall apart would right. be second, and then uh, Philadelphia Half Life would be first. But um, yeah, man, this is one I don't I don't visit it as much as I do Philadelphia Half Life, which I re- listen to weekly. Um, but this one, every time I come back to it, I realize how much more and more I love it. It's, it's a phenomenal album. It's Still kind of mind-boggling to me, man, that it's it's turning twenty years old, man. But it, it was, yeah, it's, it's it, it gets better with time, man. And I think that's what when an album is a great album, that's what it's supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to listen to it and hear something different. Um, you know, I think uh, it it's one of those albums that you know when you listen to it, you hear different things, and then you want to keep coming back to it. You know what I'm saying? So. Um. Yeah. So there it is, man. 
Illadelphia. No, I'm sorry, not Illadelphia. Things fall <laughs> apart. Oh my God, that was so mind. disrespectful. Uh, things <laughs> fall apart, man. Coming to you. Uh, before we get out of here, man, uh, you want to tell people where they can find you at or hit you up at? Uh, not a lot of places. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, matt.baird.125. There it is. There it is. Hit him up. He's, he's a hip-hop head. He is a true and true hip-hop head. So, yeah, hit him Just up. Don't hit, me up at, don't hit me up at 3 in the morning, please. <laughs> That's all I ask. And if you if you... If you let him, he will tell you why he thinks one Outcast album is better than the other, but we know better. We know better. Okay, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you guys have been listening long enough. You know me. You know where to find me. Uh, once again, I got to thank you all for listening and tuning in to this episode of the 12 Kyle Podcast. Uh, once again, so for my man, Matt B., I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.